Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Freire, and I'm here to help you find, retain, and develop entrepreneurial leaders within your organization so that you can have a thriving business. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Danny Evans, and he's the VP of Marketing for SuccessFuel. It's a digital publishing and demand generation company. And today, the topic we're going to talk about is recognizing the entrepreneur within you. Danny, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. Man, Danny, uh, we have been we have been talking now several times on, on LinkedIn and and, you know, on Zoom and everything like that. And you've had a fascinating journey about learning how you're an entrepreneur. Can you tell us in one minute or so, like, just talk to us about your journey? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I started with this same company. It was a different company name at the time, PBP, um, uh, as a product marketing uh, assistant. And uh, at the time, we all we did was print newsletters for, you know, different functional areas within a business, HR, finance, safety, so on and so forth. And uh, when I came in in 2006, the company was trying to do more things digitally and um, kind of my journey to kind of what we're calling an entrepreneur, right, is, all right, we have this print business. We don't have that big of a digital business. What, what are we going to do? And our company CEO and founder always said, um, you know, business is problems. If you want to be a business, you have to solve problems. Um, and so it was like, okay, let's, let's figure out how to solve this problem. It's not going to be what we did in the past. It's going to be figuring out something new and generally launching new business units. And that's what I did starting basically a year in um, from when I started this company in 2007. Wow. That's awesome. So you all of a sudden just kind of jumped in and he's like, Hey, we need someone to get into digital. We don't know how to do it. Go for it. Yeah. He, he, so Ed Sotella, he's the, he's the founder and CEO. He, great entrepreneur in his own right like he's a he's done tons and tons of things particularly in the philadelphia area yeah and launching businesses and launching new business units was something that he was very aggressive about so our company was launching maybe two to three new business units a year when i started and i just jumped right into the fray um so fortunately i was lucky that kind of like we had an entrepreneurial spirit at the head at the head of our company yeah and he wanted everybody within the company to operate similarly. So uh, it was very fortunate to be working for the CEO who kind of got that. Yeah. And I remember you telling me in a previous conversation that you're like, the culture was like, you are the CEO of that area, whatever that department unit is. And that's kind of what really clicked for you and uh, helped you thrive, right? Yeah. I, I keep that at the forefront of my mind every day. You are the CEO of your own area. And so the funny thing is that quote um, was probably parroted from Andy Grove because I Ed he would always bring up Andy Grove in the old Intel days and I think Andy Grove said something similar um to that but you know he brought that brought that to me and yeah he's like whatever it is if you're an editor if you're a marketer if you are in the fulfillment department it doesn't matter the thing that you're responsible for you need to operate and act as if you're the CEO and that means taking responsibility for results but also being afforded a lot of autonomy to make decisions within the area that you're you're focused on. That's fantastic, man. So, so with that, what do you think actually hinders uh, some people from seeing themselves as entrepreneurs, right? Like you had a great CEO to kind of help you and cultivate that culture, but what hinders other entrepreneurs to, to do that? 
Yeah, I would say one of the big things is confidence, just believing that you can do it. Um, you know, people hear CEO and they're like, that's a big lot of responsibility. That's a big job. You have to know a whole lot of things and they may not think that they're qualified to do that. And so that kind of like internal um, kind of negative self-talk is what prevents people from saying yes to things when opportunities are presented to them that might be outside of the scope of what they're currently doing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, big, big thing is like when opportunities were presented to me at the company, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Just say yes to everything, get a wide breadth of experience doing anything. So I, you know, I worked in almost every business unit that we've had within the company and I've launched several um, myself and it came from a mentality of just say yes and you'll be able to feel comfortable that you'll be able to figure it out and know that failure is not really a negative thing, right? It's just part of the journey. Yeah. And so, so walk us through a little bit about that failure part, because there's a lot of people who have a fear of failure, right? How do you, if they have that fear of failure, how do you start to overcome that? Yeah. Um, by, by doing it and realizing that it's not that bad. <laughs> I know that's the hard, that's the, that's the hard, you know, the hard thing you've got to, you, you've got to take the first step and feel the fact that it's more, uh, like in your mind, you're thinking about a worse outcome than is what's really going to happen in reality. Yeah. Right. Um, w- one of the things that, uh, Ed used to always say, um, was it's okay to fail. Failure is fine. Failure is part of the pro- process, part of the journey of learning. Um, the, the, the bad thing with failing is if you're repeating the same failures over and over yeah. again, he said, those are the things that you're trying to avoid. And then um, having good judgment. So failing is okay, but try not to do something that could take down your entire business unit or take <laughs> down the company, right? So it, it, it be, be judicious in kind of like how you assess risk and take risk. And then, you know, small failures, medium-sized failures that are, are things that are correctable, no big deal. They're part of the process. That's awesome, man. You know, I love how you were just like, you just got to take the step, right? It reminded me of a, a friend of mine who we used to go cliff jumping and uh, I, wow. I'm not afraid of heights at all, but I am afraid of a lot of water, deep water and stuff like that. Okay. So <laughs> I just get nervous and he would like, without a, without a thought, just runs and like does a bunch of gainers and all this stuff. He's just flipping everywhere. And I'm like, how did you do that? He's like, I don't think I just do it. And I'm like, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy. Like <laughs> it's everything a, in me just talent. Yeah. But that same, sometimes you almost got to shut off that fear of failure, right? And just push through and just say, okay, I'm going to try it. Uh, Danny, with all those departments that you went through, which one was probably the most challenging that you were like, ah, this, this actually doesn't fit with my, my skill sets and giftings, my natural talents. Yeah. I, you know, that, that's a good question that I haven't really considered in the past. Cause I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I worked on print newsletters, so um, with where we have edit- inter- in-house editorial team writing print newsletters for business people. I've worked on um, uh, webinars, um, so pay- paid webinars, so not not so much lead generation webinars or my early going, but actual paid training um, in the form of webinars. Um, you know, gifts and incentives, um, and like management training courses and products that we've developed, and then more recently. Um, like demand generation, service, lead generation, campaigns and whatnot. I've honestly, all of them, 
the underlying thing is like understanding audience, understanding the customer, and then figuring out the best way to serve them. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly by talk, talking to them, which was a kind of core pillar of our editorial department, which bled into the marketing department. Um, and so all of them suited me okay in terms of skill set and talent wise. Um, the thing that brought me the most enjoyment was kind of bringing new products, um, to market and figuring out how to build audience and, um, you know, readership and paid subscriptions to it. That's the thing that kind of got me jazzed every day. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, and that's the entrepreneur spirit, right? Like just building new things and you're like, once it's built, all right, move on to the next thing. Like what, what else you got for me? What's the next challenge? I, I, I love how you were talking about all those little things that actually led you to to your role today, right? Where you're the VP of marketing. Cause I was just like, man, he everything he's talking about were like marketing functions that at the time weren't considered marketing functions, right? They were just like, let's right. just try this. Let's just try this new initiative. Uh, but it suits you really well. Going back to what you had mentioned, like the thing that hinders people is a lack of confidence. How do you help someone grow in confidence uh, in the midst of all the challenges that they have? Yeah. So, um, you know, what, one part of it is kind of creating a safe space to fail. Mm -hmm. So a big part of people's fear of failure is they think that there's, there's going to be some negative consequences yeah. associated with that failure. So, at, you know, as a leader, as a manager, as a CEO, um, you've got to make people feel safe and comfortable that they can take chances and they're not fearful that for their job. They're not fearful that they're going to get reprimanded. They're not fearful that it's going to like hurt their reputation. So, so part of it is creating the environment where people can be, feel safe, right? That they can take chances. The, the second part is giving people some, like, so one of the things that uh, Ed used to say was, um, you know, you were hired to solve problems and it's a progression though. Mm. So First, you're given small problems to solve. And then once you've kind of like done a good job with small problems, you get progressively larger and larger problems to solve. So giving people smaller problems to solve helps them build their confidence to take on bigger and more perceived risk or higher chance of failure or, or bigger impact type um, things. Building them up from the ground up was a kind of key tenant here. So finding a way to enable people to try things that are within their comfort zone so that they can expand their comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely, man. Those, I think those two pillars that you just mentioned are huge, right? The, the creating a safe space for failure, right? And then also just like giving them problems, small problems at first so that they can be successful. And, and I think I find that the first pillar is actually the most difficult one right? Or they actually work together hand in For hand. Sure. They're like cousins almost, right? Uh, or two sides of the same coin. Because I, I used to work in sales a lot, right? And I still do, right? And, and to some extent. But what ends up happening is like, you're not meeting your quota right away, right? You're like gone, right? And, and it's like so much yes. turnover. And sometimes that bleeds into other departments, right? Like, well, if you didn't get up to your KPI, you're gone. And you're just like, yes, well, no one's perfect, right? Like the CEO is not leading perfectly. This any the CEO, any of the C suite people, no one's leading well, or I can't say well, right. but perfectly, right? Um, so there has to be that room for failure, and I think that's where your your boss, right? Your, this the CEO there was just like he's done a great job with that. Um, going back to that pillar of small problems, man. 
what are if if a CEO is listening to this, what are some small problems that you think people should they should delegate to so that they could achieve and be successful at? Yeah, obviously it's going to be you know business specific. It's not it's not a all all in one kind of answer to that. But like some examples from from my uh, uh, experience would be doing some sort of an analysis. Like so, I did an analysis on pub profitability. So new, pub publication newsletter profitability. So you know my manager gave me the task of analyzing the profitability of our you know twenty eight um, print newsletters and um trying to assess where we should focus attention for growth based on that profitability and how we should um kind of attack that market that for us would have been considered a small thing right you start with um, an analysis that gives you more insight into the market and then you translate that into okay we're going to focus on these pubs we're going to focus on these folks we're going to de-emphasize the amount of hours we spend um you know trying to generate subscribers for these, for these newsletters. And then you, you build a knowledge base, you've tactically executed something, you've built some skills in the process and then go into the next one, which would be, for example, as I did those kinds of things, um, then it was like, oh, we want to launch this new, we have a print newsletter and we want to convert it into a database. Yeah. That'd be a bigger problem. But I wouldn't be able to do that without having taken some smaller steps, talking to customers, doing analysis, figuring out what makes sense, then taking on this big project where I'm trying to drive some new initiative. Yeah, man, that's really good that you were just talking about. If anyone's listening to this, right, the reality of like giving someone a project of analysis, right, analyzing the problem and seeing if they bring back legitimate or good results, right? Uh, it, you're starting to. I'm sure your boss started to see something in you, Danny, where they were like, this guy's sharp. This guy, this guy is pinpointing these issues and we need to go that way. Right. Versus if you probably had a yeah. bad analysis, they're probably like, ah, good job. All right. Let's uh, yeah. coffee break. Yeah. Right. And, like, and you got to, and, and, and that kind of goes to the, the thing that we said before is by creating an, an opportunity. So even if I didn't do a good job, yeah. um, that, I have to be in an environment where I, I don't feel bad about myself. I've given, I've give, given good feedback, something that's constructive. And then it's not a failure. If my first attempt isn't good, I go back, I do another one and I come back and my second attempt is good. That's success. That's not failure. Absolutely. Right. So part of it is thinking about uh, failure a different, differently, right? Failure is as if there's, there's this end point of doneness and you've, there's no way to make anything better. Well, that's rarely the case. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was thinking, is it, Thomas Edison, when he created the, the light bulb, right? It was just like, oh yeah, these are a thousand iterations. They all got him to it, right? He never failed. He just, he's like, I got it. Exactly. There. Right. Um, so Danny, with that, what's, what's been, we've been talking about a lot of great stuff here. What's some of the best pieces of advice that was given to you that you can help others grow as entrepreneurs? Yeah. So one of the key things, one of my biggest struggles, um, when I first started at the company and first started to do thing was I was a, I'm an introvert. Mm. Um, so like I'm naturally an introvert and I'm, I'm naturally kind of like introspective. I spend a lot of time thinking to myself. And so what the, how that manifested itself in my office, it was, oh, well, you know, he's quiet. Um, yeah. he, he doesn't speak up in meetings, right? 
he oh when he does speak up it's it's interesting but it doesn't happen very often a lot of times it happens after the meeting <laughs> um right and uh or you know he the, my communication was oftentimes done digitally versus face to face well you can't really be an entrepreneur um within an organization and not be a co a connector a a facilitator a person who can bring multiple people together towards a common goal, you have to be able to do that to be an entrepreneur because most of the things you're doing is building um, and creating, and it's not done in silo. So my boss, I, I can think back, like my first couple of reviews, the thing that I was on was like, you got to get up from your chair. Don't send emails. Don't chat people. Get up, walk to people, talk to people. And in meetings, even if your idea isn't fully formed, it's okay to um, get the beginning of the conversation started. And so I literally just like wrote down, <laughs> at my, I had at my desk, it was a piece of paper that just said, um, get up from your desk. That's all, that's all it said. And, and, and again, like, you know, I can think my first two reviews was, you, you need to be more out there and communicating. You have good ideas, but nobody hears them. Um, that's a, that was a big piece of feedback that I got from my manager. And we, we also had a good performance review process where we got peer feedback as part of our reviews. So I get my manager's take and then I'd also get a lot of anonymous peer feedback and that kind of was all through it. And so that, that helped me over time become more of a driver versus somebody who was just sharing, sharing ideas kind of passively. Yeah. That was a big piece. That's so good, man. And um, I was just going to say, Danny, with that. What's really interesting is that you just honed in on something that sometimes people feel like being a driver is a natural talent. And what you just talked about is you grew into being that driver. It was a skill set you learned. One, 100%. I'm sure there are people that naturally are drivers. Yeah. But um, it, it doesn't mean that you you can't. We, we did something called uh, the predictive index okay. um, at our company where basically a typical kind of like uh, assessment Thing that they do in the, in the HR department. Yeah. But, the, but the thing that I took from that was it, it gave you kind of a profile of who you, who um, you are right naturally. But what they emphasized very heavily was it doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing other things. Yeah. That's right. It just means this is your, this is the part where you get the most natural energy and it might take you more energy to do these other things. And so a perfect example for me is like on my profile, you know, because I'm more of an introvert, my profile had a very low um, extroversion. My extroversion is very, very low. So it, it consumes a lot more energy for me to be out there. And so, but once you know that you can do things, you can put things in place to um, do what you need to do. If I need to be more extrovert, if I need to be more out there, if I need to be more of a driver to do the job, um, I just have to be more conscious of it, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. Yeah, absolutely, man. I remember when I used to be an MC, and you know, as an MC, you have to just be really extra, or like outgoing all the time. By the time the weekend was done, I was like, I need to go find a cave and just like chill there for three days. Like, no one talked to me. Yes. I just need a book. Leave me alone. <laughs> and I didn't realize that because everybody was always like, "You're an extrovert," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I do a lot of introverted things too." And and I found that I was like, I was a little bit of an extrovert, but there was a lot of introverted tendencies. Um, so I, I love that you mentioned those things. Any other pieces of advice or any last words that you might have that would be really helpful for entrepreneurs? 
Yeah. Um, one of the things that helped me um, in in my job was one place. If you're if you could be fearful of failing in front of other people, in like people think work is very serious sometimes, right? It's a very serious thing. I got to be very buttoned up and straight arrow, right? Do side projects. Um, so, you know, me and one of my, uh, uh really good friends, um, that I met at this company, you know, we went out and started a, a Philly sports block and he had, he had an agenda. His agenda was he wanted to improve his writing because he was working on like a coffee table book about baseball. And for me, I wanted to learn how to build a WordPress website and, um, build an audience through SEO and social media and figure out how to monetize that with advertisement. And so that was a really easy way for us to do that low cost. The, the cost of failure for us was nothing, right? It was a side, side project and it allowed us to build some skills. That'll give you a ton of confidence that you can take into other career aspects if you don't want to kind of do that as a full-time thing on the side, which is certainly a, a viable opportunity to be an, an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. If, uh, but if you want to be an entrepreneur, do side projects. That's a great way to work on your confidence and your skill set in an environment where you can control all the uh, variables. That's so great, man. Just to think about that. I, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've done that before. Yes. Right. Like, it, but it was so, as soon as you said, it, I never thought about it. Like, oh yeah, just do a bunch of side hustles in the background, you know, outside, if you have the free time, Go do it, right? Like it's low pressure, yep. and if you fail, no one knows about it. Cool deal, right? Like keep moving exactly. Um, and but you've learned stuff, right? Like that's what we've been talking about. Is that even in the failure, you've learning things. Like oh, that well, I should go read a different book, right? Like and figure out how to solve <laughs> it. Uh, man, Danny, this has been a, a great conversation. For those who are listening and and want to know more, right? Either more about uh, success fuel or or how you do marketing, or just more about entrepreneurship, and and they really. Uh, align with the way you're thinking, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, I think right now, probably the best way would be to just connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, okay. I'm on LinkedIn. You should be able to find me at Danny Evans um, on LinkedIn and uh, you know, happy to make connections, you know, reach out to to folks, have conversations. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy doing that I've done um, with, with several people, whether they were employees, interns, or people that just came through my network is like just mentoring people who want to get into marketing or, or, um, change jobs into marketing. Um, I'm happy to have those kinds of conversations, um, to, you know, get, get people into the thing that I'm passionate about. That's awesome. man. that's awesome. And that's Danny. It's D A N N I E Evans, E V A N S for those who are, Correct. who are listening to this. So Danny Evans, go check him out. Danny, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out, talking to us and helping those who, who, believe they're entrepreneurs, find baby steps to just start growing and, and recognizing the entrepreneur within them. So thank you with that. For those of you who are listening, thank you so much for being part of this and we're out. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you like this podcast, leave a five-star review and share this episode with someone who will benefit from it. Until next time.